God. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we are here to well, there uh, it is. give a documentary out. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luck It Out Podcast. This is your host, Elias Ross. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRossMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Oh, goodness. What do I have to say about the nonsense? Well, I have my hands up. You can't see it right now, but my hands are up. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I just don't, I don't know what to do. We're going to combine the Oscar talk and the aftercast kind of all in one so everyone just kind of nice gets a nice little blend. Uh, but um, you heard it. Now, for anyone that didn't experience it live, I did watch it live. I had some uh, chat streams up. I had a couple of uh, uh, people that were watching it at the same time I was. We A lot of us witnessed it. Uh, the debacle at the 94th Academy Awards. Um, you know, bear with me a little bit. I've had a couple glasses of wine. I'm ready to kind of take it easy and discuss um, the craziness. I think everyone's going to be a little bit upset, a little bit tired. Uh, mixed feelings, mixed emotions about this uh, year's Oscars. Um, and I don't want to put it, put down anybody that has, um, that was a winner, you know, um, there were some amazing pieces of media that came out within the last year. Um, I believe Questlove was the one that was probably stepped on the most, unfortunately for, I think, documentary, um, documentary. And, um, yeah, there were, there's so many things to really talk about, about this year. So, um, I think the best case scenario is let me, let me get a little bit of wine in my system and, uh, y'all pour up, drink up, smoke up, whatever you do and join me along this, uh, this ride that we're going to talk about on this Aftercast 29, Aftercast 29. So everyone that is brand new to the podcast, um, aftercasts are when we discuss non-movie reviews, non-TV reviews. We don't go through the entire synopsis and plot and all that good stuff for um, the aftercast. We talk about real-world shit, you know? It's kind of where I get to have a little bit of a ramble, a little bit of my opinion, but also I, I try to reflect... Um, to my best, 
um, the times. And what I mean the times is the time in between the last aftercast. So the last aftercast was around the beginning of February. I had just turned 28. Um, kind of an interesting time in your life to be in your late 20s. I know that's not something remarkable that we want to talk about right now. But, uh, you know, kind of let's turn the clocks back just a little bit into what has happened over the last couple weeks I think it would be uh, completely dismissive to remiss the entire the entire worldview of what's happening with Russia invading U the Ukraine between the time of um, between the time of me recording the last aftercast, Russia decided Putin specifically Russia. Putin decided to invade Ukraine. And there was a lot of talk about it. Um, you know, speculation about what was going to happen. Was it going to happen? Was this just military exercises? And since then, at this time, Ukraine has already suffered over 5,000 people have, have been killed during this. Which, in my opinion... Obviously unacceptable um, on any level, and I'm, I'm I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I do plan on linking some uh, some ways that you can help support Ukraine during this time. And uh, you know, I'm not going to go through a whole political spiel about it. I'm not, I'm I'm not here to do that. I'm not qualified to do that. I'm just uh, I'm just a guy with a mic. And, uh, you know, we, we've got 500 plus subscribers and I appreciate every single one of you, as well as the people that don't subscribe. You know, if you're just listening to the first time and you're joining in, um, you know, I appreciate the support. It's uh, think of a local business. I'm, I'm basically a local business, local business podcaster, just trying to um, podcast on my own. So I will do my best to see um the best official ways to support the Ukraine, uh, the Ukrainian people, and uh, I'll link that in the description. So, I did want to talk about the 94th Academy Awards. I watched it live. I saw the slap live. I saw everything happen live. Let me, let me wind back real quick and just kind of give my initial take on the Oscars as a whole. The Oscars have kind of come and go in my my personal opinion. It's not something I hold in super high regard just due to some of the movies and some of the films and features that have won in the past. I just was like, I'm not crazy about these. I don't know if they are truly the best in my opinion. And obviously it's it is an opinion. Um you know, Green Book, I'm not I'm not really sure. All the way back to Crash. I haven't seen that movie, but I've heard a lot about it. I don't know if if these are representative of the year. Um and as a whole, the Oscars, if you are unknown to it, the ratings have come down. Um up until I believe about last year, two years I think two years ago they might have I think they canceled it due to COVID. Um and then we had the 2021 Oscars, the 93rd Academy Awards, where 
we discussed or sorry where they had more or less an, an academy award but it was covid style you know it was very safe it was everyone was kind of phoned in and zoomed in and that type of thing so i honestly off the top of my head i can't really even remember too much about the 93rd uh academy awards but with saying that the 94th academy awards will go down for better or for worse probably not for better as one of the most memorable times on on television in in the history of television not just the oscars television but in the history of television so you heard it on uh the sound on on the audio that i provided at the beginning of this and for anyone that's like kind of in the dark like what the hell happened well one of the biggest movie stars not in just the u.s not in just the united states but one of the biggest movie stars in the world decided well maybe maybe i'm 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 coming out i'm coming out a little strong i i, I know this is a little bit rambly i know that sound a little bit crazy but but maybe we should talk about how it started so chris rock comedian black comedian amazing comedian everyone uh that i could probably think of off the top of my head would probably say he's a professional he is an absolute uh astute comedian he is you know what you would think of as as one of the pinnacles of comedians of modern modern day history he comes out and makes a you know a quick joke about several people in the audience it's it's not unknown to have jokes made about famous celebrities and maybe a little bit of about their appearance and some of the movies that were they were made in some of it was a little more speculatory than not um you know some were good jokes some were bad jokes i think that just kind of goes with the bunch he ends one of his jokes with saying i can't wait to see you jada Pinkett smith and gi jane 2 which for everyone's like gi jane what the hell is that it's the female version of a 30 year old movie featuring demi moore and the reason he was saying this was because jm Pinkett smith is is rocking a bald cut a very close cut in proximity to her hair she she is actually suffering from um if you if you call it suffering or whatever you want to she's got the disease of uh alopecia i believe is what it's called and it's uh the factors in it come from uh well i, I don't know what, what it comes from but i know what the symptoms are are losing your hair and so apparently she's been very open about this. I, as someone that had no idea that she was suffering from this, I had no idea. And I was watching other streamers and I was watching Twitter and everything else talk about, you know, di her different look. It's not necessarily like they were saying it in a bad way. But Chris Rock walks on stage and... He gives, uh, you know, a small monologue. He's not the host of the show. And it's probably two and a half hours into the Oscars when he's doing this. 
he you know jokes about some people in the audience and then he jokes about Will Smith's wife Jay and Pika Smith's hairstyle and the joke itself was not really a great joke, honestly. It was kind of, you know, low-hanging fruit, in my opinion, you know. I'm not sure if he knew that she was suffering from alopecia. I, I as someone that currently has, has their hair, I cannot relate to that. But I would say that that would make me feel, you know, not so great if you're making fun of a disease that I cannot control um, so up front, the joke was just not great. But on top of that, Will Smith and Jane Pika Smith are there for Will Smith's nomination of King Richard. And there is large talks that he is going to win Best Actor Award for playing the Williams father, Venus and Serena Williams father. In the movie King Richard, which, putting everything aside, is very much warranted. I thought that he definitely deserved to be at least nominated. And so, after this joke is cracked, Will Smith, there are video, there's plenty of video streams showing that he was laughing at this joke just as much as everybody else was. He apparently looks over at Jada, and Jada is not pleased with what just happened. So, Will Smith, an actor, the more I think about it, Will Smith has to be one of the oldest actors I can think of that I remember watching at a young age. I remember watching him on Wild Wild West and just being like, this is the coolest dude ever. And I continuously reinforce that in my head as this is a role model. This guy has achieved a pinnacle that most people of color have just dreamed, dreamed about achieving. And so it was shocking what came after this. Will Smith on the front row sees his wife is not laughing at the joke that Chris Rock just made, stands up, walks on stage, cocks his hand back, and slaps Chris Rock, the comedian, across the face, and then walks back with a strut. And sits down and yells, keep my wife's name out your motherfucking mouth. Twice. And I believe Chris Rock says something like, wow dude, it was a G.I. Jane joke. It was not even a, not even a big dig. It was something so subliminal, not even subliminal, it, it was something so minuscule that it did not deserve that type of reaction. And Chris Rock is standing there in the middle of the United States 
most in the in the room of the Dolby Theater on live television with over 5 million people watching at that point and eventually went to 15.5 million in that time I believe the viewership rating um and says well I I guess this is the greatest night in the history of television and somehow miraculously is still able to present the Academy Award for the documentary feature that eventually went to Questlove. Uh, now, granted, I have not seen Questlove's documentary on this, so bear with me with saying too much about it. But that single moment, I mean, you can hear it in my voice, you can hear it on the podcast, you can hear it on everyone's podcast. You can hear it on if anyone's talking about it that had seen that has seen it live. Um, absolutely shocking. And so there was multiple layers to this slap. Let me go ahead and continue what happened to the telecast. Evidently, Will Smith was super upset about this comment, this joke that was about his wife. Denzel, Bradley Cooper, and Samuel L. Jackson, all of the notable famous faces and names that we could think of go to reconcile Will Smith. And approximately 30 minutes later was the Best Actor Award. And the Best Actor Award, of course, in this multiverse of madness that we're living in, goes to Will Smith for King Richard. And I don't know too much about the backstory of the King Richard story. But Will Smith goes up there and justifies what he did in a way that says, I'm sorry to the Academy. I'm sorry for what I just did about 30 to 40 minutes ago. And says, you know, love will make you do crazy things. Now, I'm not here to say anything about the relationship between Will and Jada, although they have been very public in the past year about their quote-unquote entanglements and stuff like that. I'm not here to to say anything about that. That's not what this is about. But they've been very public about their kind of rocky relationship, the rocky marriage relationship, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you, I just feel like it's impossible not to factor that in. Not Like I said, I'm not here to comment on that. I'm here to more comment on what I saw on live television. But Will Smith justified the assault of what he did on Chris Rock. The assault on Chris Rock by saying, you know, love will make you do crazy things. Just like just like King Richard was, you know. And he, he was criticized in the same way I'm being criticized now. It, it, that's what it, it, it felt like. It felt like he was trying to justify his actions with what had happened. Um, and then, of course, the internet exploded. I don't care if you were watching 
the Stock News Network. I don't care if you're watching the Fox News Network, the CNN Network. I don't care if you're watching Sesame Street. Everyone stopped the car. And started talking about the slap heard around the world. Now granted, in the United States, we didn't hear him say specifically, keep your, you know, keep my wife's name out your motherfucking mouth. It was muted on the ABC coverage. ABC is a network owned by Disney, which airs the Oscars. So I'm sure most people that are listening to this know this by now, but I just want to kind of give a play by play for anybody that's listening at any time of, you know, 20 years from now, I want them to know what's what happened two nights ago. So, um, me as a 28 year old individual, movie lover, podcaster, fan of Will Smith up until, you know, Sunday, it's not like I'm not a fan anymore, but he was a role model. He was Big Willie style. Welcome to Miami. Fresh Prince of Bla- Bel Air. I can't even talk right now. Bel Air. I Am Legend, Concussion, Seven Pounds. There's so many movies. Shark Tale. So many movies I've seen where I was like, God dang it. Will Smith is the fucking greatest. He's the best I ever did. Even in Wild Wild West, the crazy sci-fi movie back in the 90s. That was one of the first movies I ever seen him in. He was a char- he is a charismatic um actor of color. And when he went up and did that, it felt like he slapped us back 20 years of progression and understanding people of color, understanding you know, uh un- understanding that we need people of color represented in front of the camera and behind the camera and for them to be awarded before Sunday I would have said a hundred percent that he deserves this Oscar you know if I go back and look at my top 10 I think King Richard was number five or four on my list it was one of my favorite movies last year top 10 films of the year it's on my podcast and I, I clearly outlined that King Richard, even Will Smith's performance, was one of my favorites. And still is. I don't really know how to react. I, a lot of people thought it was fake that he went up there and slapped Chris Rock. But once he started cussing at him from his chair in the middle of a broadcast on television, I was just like... Dude, time and place, man. And this is neither. And so, for him to win the Best Actor Award, an award that he absolutely deserved for his acting career, personal career put aside, I was just like, so bizarre, because he's standing there having to apologize for something he just fucked up. 
not 20 minutes ago. 40 minutes ago. I don't know what the time was. I was in shock. I felt like I I could only imagine how Chris Rock felt. I could only imagine how Jada felt. It would have been completely different if it was any other scenario. But it felt like there was this reaction of he had to he had to do something for something. I don't I don't really know. So anyways, I was in shock. I think the world was in shock. If you talk to anybody or listen to any podcast about it, they were in shock. It's hard to kind of contextualize this in a manner that really makes sense to everybody. So with saying that, I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm getting this off of my chest because I'm just like, I've been kind of holding this in in a way. And I'm at the point, it's Tuesday, 8 o'clock, two nights away from, you know, about 48 just under 48 hours from when it happened, I'm physically exhausted from looking on social media and seeing memes all about the slap heard around the world. Now, granted, since then, both Will and Jada have come out and apologized. Jada not so much apologized. It's not like she she didn't really have to apologize, but... Will Smith in his in his Oscar award ceremony speech did not apologize to Chris Rock, which I felt was like one of the only people he really needed to apologize. But a lot of people are going to say like it just shows there's there's multiple perspectives to this. I got to say that. I, uh, Corey Coleman on Double Toast had talked about it perfectly on his Monday podcast about it. A friend of mine, he he did state that there are multiple levels to what this issue is. It's like was Chris Rock and was Chris Rock okay about making fun of somebody with alopecia? Did he know about it? You know that type of thing. I obviously never think that's okay. You don't make fun of people with diseases. As a matter of fact, I think this is going to teach people that they can't make fun of people. For the way they look, you don't know what they're going through. Just, just fucking don't. I don't care if they look amazing. I don't think if the, uh, if they don't if if I don't care what you think about them. It's just that you can't make fun of them. You don't know what they're going through. So that's layer one. The joke wasn't dis- it was very distasteful, especially knowing that she cannot change her hairstyle hairstyle if she wants to. Losing your hair is got to be very depressing. Um. So on the next level, there's, like I said, there's multiple levels. I'm not going to be able to cover them all. But it, the next one is the representation that we have as people of color that we have been fighting to get on stage to win an award that is woefully well-deserved many years ago. But finally, we're getting that chance now. And so I'm not saying that Will Smith represents the the ultimate collective culture of you know people of color specifically i know i know some people that are black i know some people that are latin i know some people that are mixed race i know people that are all in between i know people minorities as a whole we have been trying so hard to get in the position that will smith was actually in and it felt like 
he slapped it down the drain. I'm not trying to be an ass, but it really felt like he threw it down the drain. And so nobody, I don't know how, I'd be surprised, I'd be remiss to hear anybody talking about his Oscar win because everyone knew he deserved it. But nobody could have predicted that he was going to assault somebody on stage and then 40 minutes later have to justify it in the name of love. And I know since then, he's tweeted. I'm sure he's had his publicist. I know his publicist went up to him when he was on stage. There's a lot of video behind the scenes from other people's phones that are like, you know, other celebrities that were actually at the Oscars showing what happened. Bradley Cooper goes up to him, Denzel, Samuel, all go up to him and make sure he's, you know, pat him on the back, make sure he's okay, that type of shit. It's like, what? I, I, I have a lot of, I'm sure everybody was in complete shock at that point. But if you listen to most podcasts, they said that the air was sucked out of the room. I personally and uh, so let, let me let me keep on going let me not let me before i give my input on the uh the whole thing that happened okay so i see a subsection of people on facebook it becomes the memes come out they come flooding and some people are, are saying you know violence is never right no matter what the occasion is and then the other half are saying he was, quote-unquote, justified in defending his wife. So I'm not here to tell you what's right, what's wrong. I'm just, like I said, I, I'm just trying to project what I've seen in the past four and what I've lived through for the past 48 hours. And I'm sure what I've lived through has been minuscule compared to, you know, think about Jada or think about you know, Chris or Will, I'm sure everyone is extremely embarrassed. And and the professionalism of Diddy to come out and somehow have anything to say that it's, you know, it'll be fixed at the after party. Don't worry about it. Apparently there was pictures and videos of Will Smith, you know, taking pictures with everybody and everything was relatively okay at the after parties. Chris Rock went home. I think he went home, um, to my knowledge, I heard that he went home immediately after that. So it since then, Jada has come out and said, we need to, you know, come to love kind of thing. I didn't read the article, so I don't know exactly what she said. I was just like, she doesn't, I, I understand this is more or less about her, but I don't know if she needs to say anything at this point. Um, Will Smith has already apologized um, and like a tweet to Chris Rock and a bunch of other, you know, the Academy. There's things, there are repercussions that definitely feel like they need to happen with something of regard of this big. I know that most people are going to say, well, this isn't even the biggest thing that's ever, the most, the one of the assaults that's ever happened at the Oscars. John Wayne almost attacked a Native American lady for asking for equality on stage. It's like, well, fucking John Wayne, we all know who, what his stance was on that. You know, he was a fucking ass. Um, I'll give, him, give you my opinion about John Wayne. He might have been a good actor, but he's a fucking asshole. A racist asshole, if you ask me. That's that's that third wine of glass talking right there. Third wine of glass. Th third glass of wine. You hear that? And I can't even spell it. Anyways. Anyways. Third glass of wine. 
So, um, <laughs> yeah, so anyways, uh, I'm just like, I'm still kind of in shock less than 48 hours later, but I'm also sick of it too. I'm kind of sick of seeing the memes. I'm sick of kind of hearing about it. So I just want to kind of get off my chest and continue on with, you know, life, I guess. Um, I know it's kind of a minuscule thing for me personally. It's not going to personally affect me really um, to the extent it affects literally everybody else. It just felt like a damper on the night. And I'd say that the Oscars as a whole, um, a lot of people say that it wasn't one of the best. Um, it was not one of the best telecasts. I kind of had a mixed opinion. Um, as a late millennial, I found it about before the slap, I'd say it was, I'd say it was a little bit better than the last few years of Oscars, but I haven't paid attention to it as much as I did, um, on Sunday. And so this will be going down in history as one of the most memorable times in Oscar history. It, it reminded me so much of watching the insurrection on um, January 6th. I was just watching, uh, I think it was CNBC or something like that, and Twitch at the same time. And I just remember watching people protesting at one point and then all of a sudden storming the Capitol. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on with people? The paradigm shift that has happened over the last five years, I'm going to kind of go in a more, you know, uh, overall section of like what the hell's been going on in the last five years. Jeff Kanata on the Slash Film, Slash Film Cast did a really excellent job about talking about how some people are getting rewarded for, you know, doing kind of asinine behaviors. And that we're all very close to some sort of breaking point of some sort. But we also want normality as well. Which is kind of feeds into something crazy happening. But then like not really reacting too much about it. Um, you know just kind of sweep it under the rug kind of thing. And that's what it felt like immediately on that night. That there weren't really any repercussions for what had happened. Even though someone was assaulted on stage. And if it was any other two other people that it had happened to. That they probably would have stopped. But. I just. I, I. You can't. For me. I can't not put that in context of. The craziness of the last couple of years. You know. The. The Trump election. COVID. January 6th. Um, what, I mean, there's so many different things that have happened, uh, the loss of superstar Kobe Bryant and, and his family and the people that had passed away in a helicopter crash that it's just like, what is even going on? And then on top of that, you have Putin invading the Ukraine and, and us being able to see the deterioration of cities and people at in 4k on tiktok on snapchat it's just like what world are we living in at this point point? and 
I don't really know if it's it's hard to kind of facilitate that all in this jumble of you know are people are we are we in a paradigm shift right now of things just changing to to new social norms or what I really don't know and honestly I didn't think that this after aftercast was going to go 35 minutes with me talking about this but I I am trying to make this a bigger conversation of you know the norms are changing these days and uh I don't know what exactly what to do about it. I I don't know how to react. I don't know how to um, disassociate myself from seeing a thousand memes of Chris Rock and Will Smith uh, online. Social media is just an asinine. I think it became around the middle of the day for me that I was just like, I'm so tired of seeing will smith and chris rock memes so um just saying all that both sides are wrong and it completely dampered the rest of the oscars for me personally i'm not sure how everyone else felt about it it felt like it was it felt like it was way more lit under Will Smith's demeanor more than it felt like, quote-unquote, defending his wife. Him defending his wife, you, you don't have to assault somebody for that. You can do that behind stage when you're not literally standing up about to accept an award that is well-deserved before then. So what it does... In my mind, I'm not sure if that does for everybody, but it's like, dude, you don't go up there and slap somebody, assault somebody on live television on one of the the Super Bowl of of awards for for famous people in movies and then expect no repercussions. I think that's what it comes down to is the repercussions. And the repercussions may not be immediately noticeable, but it might be he will never... I don't know if this is going to happen. But when he went to accept his speech, it was all in favor of him not getting kicked out of the Academy. Don't strip... It felt like, don't strip my Oscar. There are worse people that have been... quote-unquote worse people that have gotten, you know... uh, academy awards and still have the awards that apparently are still in the academy think of roman polanski for you know he fucking raped somebody and then escaped the country to um you know to europe so that he wouldn't get charged for it um and somehow he still won an award i if that had happened that year i just think that the oscars probably would have been canceled immediately we you know if we would have had twitter and everybody would have been like what the fuck are you doing um you know meryl streep standing up giving him a standing ovation for for movies this rapist had literally directed and everybody had known about it harvey weinstein another individual that was uh accused and convicted of multiple sexual assaults, rapes, that type. I I don't know if it was rapes, but at least sexual assaults, um, multiple people and still has his awards. 
So I have a mixed bag about, you know, Casey Affleck that he got accused of a sexual, I think it was a sexual assault. I'm not, I'm not 100% what sure he got. So I'm just going to kind of leave that in limbo. But there are multiple people that, in my opinion, should be stripped of the award, should be removed from the academy, that type of thing. Um, and so with everyone having an opinion these days, um, you know, on you being able to just tweet it out on Twitter or Facebook it on post on Facebook or something like that. It's very interesting to see the reaction of, of the individuals because in a world 15 to 20 years ago, we might not have all been looking at, you know, small, the, the social media opinions, the posts of individuals until this point. So, uh, you know, in my opinion, all of those guys that have sexual assaults on them remove their, in my opinion, they should be stripped of their uh, Oscars. Um, I think that, I know this might be a, a hot take. If you don't take the Oscar from Will Smith... Which is kind of like a, a mixed bag of feel, a mixed bag opinion for me. I think he should probably never be nominated again. Um, there's, there's, in my opinion, there has to be some sort of repercussion for that. Not to say that Chris Rock shouldn't be, you know, you know, slapped on the wrist for what he said too. I don't think he needs to be. There is almost, in my opinion, no world where it makes sense to go assault somebody like that. So, yeah, I, I, I personally am like, I had heard from, I think it was Jeff, Jeff Ganado on Slash Film again, had said, if Will Smith walked up there and had said, I was really upset about the things that the jokes that Chris Rock had made about Jada. And then, you know, we talked about it and, and, you know, if Will Smith had went up there after, you know, when he's winning his Oscar and said, I wanted to slap him. I wanted to walk up and beat the shit out of him. And apparently he said that he said similar things about his father on, on public record. I don't, I don't have that in front of me, but that's just, you know what it is. Um, he, would have looked been looked at, in my opinion, as a hero. It would have been like, wow, Chris Rock, you shouldn't have said that. Did you know she had alopecia? That type of thing. From what I saw, he didn't even know she had alopecia. So, time and place is all I got to say for Will Smith. I, I just think as two men that are over 50... I don't care what race, I don't care where you're from, I don't care what your problem is with each other. You are in the most prest one of the most pristine award ceremonies that people of color have been dreaming and fiending for their lives to be in the vicinity of. And it felt like he just slapped it down the drain. So, 
yeah, I think Dave Chin on Slash Film said it best. Again, I think he had a quote from somebody, but basically it makes the Smiths look bad. It makes the Rock, Chris Rocks look bad. It makes the Oscars look bad. And for side reference, I don't think Will Smith would have gone up there and slapped any other person that would have said that. In, in my humble opinion, and I'm, uh, I just, Chris Rock is a smaller guy. And he's a comedian. And Will Smith went up there and, you know, just bullied him. You know, he, w I don't think Will Smith would have done that if it was Dave Chappelle, if it was Denzel Washington, if it was Samuel L. Jackson. Apparently, Chris Rock had made some small comments about Jada not being at the, I don't know, one of the previous 2017, 2018 Oscars. He was like, oh, Jada's not here, and it's because she wasn't nominated. It's like that, it, if that was the other joke that got under Will's, you know, skin, I, you know, it's like, okay, he's been talking about my wife for several years now. It's like, keep you, you know, if you would have yelled, keep my wife's name out your motherfucking mouth or just slapped him. Honestly, if he had just, he shouldn't have slapped him, obviously, but if he had done one or the other, it would not has been, it would not have been as bad as both. Obviously the assault was wrong, but you know, most people thought that the assault, the slap was a bit, but it was until he yelled that, that everyone knew that it was, this is not fucking planned. And so when I watched it live, I was like, oh my God, we were all in shock. I'm still kind of in shock 48 hours later. Um, and, and Will Smith, obviously very visib visibly upset after um, everything that had happened um, while he was winning his Oscar award. It's just like, dude, you really shat the bed. On this one um you know a moment he's been waiting for for all of his life you know within reason as an actor the biggest culmination is overshadowed by a problem you made yourself and now there's going to be plenty of people that are going to defend will smith there's going to be plenty of people that are going to defend chris rock like i said I'm just here to say that I don't think that violence is the answer. Especially violence on live television. So it's just setting a super bad precedent for what can happen, might happen, and needs to be addressed. Addressed. So that is about 40 minutes of discussing the the, uh, the slap heard around the world. Um, let's uh, let's talk about a separate type of slap. You know, let's see if this segue works all right. <laughs> a secondary slap, the COVID slap. So, I think it was around the beginning of March. Everyone was feeling amazing. Just, you know, stellar about the COVID numbers dropping. And I was like, did we not remember seeing COVID Delta, the return? Like everyone thought the first strain was defeated. And then Delta came back with a vengeance. 
and then the numbers dropped again, and then came back. Omicron, just like the Transformers and the Dark Side of the Moon, number three, COVID number three, the third variant, Omicron, overtook America as well. I knew a chunk of people that got infected with Omicron. So it was around March 11th, I believe, that two years ago that the pandemic had been declared by the CDC or uh, WHO, and the world just shut down. And so two years later, March 11th, I remember that day, I was uh, working pretty hard. I stayed stayed later in the studio, and I was like, hmm, maybe I should do a podcast right now. But for some reason, I just decided not to do a podcast that day. I just had a feeling, even though the COVID numbers were dropping significantly, um, mask rollbacks, people were trying to return back to the new norm or the old norm. And I was like, do y'all not remember the last two variants? So I'm just like sitting here for about a week and a half and hearing about this other strand. It's a strand of a strand of a variant of uh, Omicron that is more contagious, even more and more contagious. I felt like every time there's a new variant, they're like, it's even more contagious than the last one. It's like, how much more contagious can they be? But apparently it can be more. I think it was uh, former President Barack Obama was diagnosed with the variant, I think it's called BA.2 variant. It's a it's sub-variant of Omicron. Um, to my knowledge, I think it was, uh, let me think, it was Obama, I think Hillary Clinton was the second one, second famous individuals to, to really come out and say, oh, yep, I got COVID again, or I got COVID for the first time. I don't remember how many times they've had it. Um, and then a handful of other people of other podcasts that I listened to also said, they have COVID. And most people thought, oh, I, I just got a little sniffle. I got a little cold. I got something, this, that, and the other. And then they find out, oh, shit, it's COVID. So hopefully, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to know. I don't want COVID again. About COVID about took me out uh, the first time when I had it before I had my vaccines and my boosters. But most people I know are pretty well boosted. They're protected to the extent uh, that they can be. You know, some of them have two shots and the booster. And so a buddy of mine that has just, um, not too long ago, he's triple vaxxed, which, I mean, you know, two shots and a booster. He just got COVID for the third time. And he is ultra cautious about it because the first time he got it, he was he was in worse shape than I was. I the first time I got COVID, I got it uh, at the tail end of 2020 before the vaccines were available to the entire population. Uh, it basically felt like I had a 300 pound man sitting on my chest for about four weeks. And I felt like I was going to have to go on an, an inhaler and have I was going to have uh, asthma attacks and stuff like that. So I was just like, uh, 
very, you know, I was just like in a very funky spot. I eventually was able to push through it, or my body was able to fight it off enough that I could go get my vaccines a few weeks later. And so now I have uh, the Johnson & Johnson vac vaccine. I was one of the 6 million people that got it originally, the vaccine. And then I think they paused it for a while. And I eventually ended up going to get the Pfizer booster a few months later. So it seems that within the last three or four weeks the Omicron variant has been able to overpower people with the boosters. And so it was something I was kind of anticipating to an extent of like, we cannot get comfortable with having low COVID numbers. We need to completely do everything we can to, you know, kind of squash the shit. And it's starting to come back quote unquote, with a vengeance, you know, with an extent, the most people that I have, I've heard that have gotten COVID um, within the last couple months, even the Omicron variant, um, mostly just experienced just being sick, you know, it was it was nothing too crazy. It didn't feel like you were the end of the world. They just had very mild symptoms. And so that might be on the bright side, but I'm just not fascinated to hear that you know this new variant is the one that is you know overcoming the country again and i had heard that uh shanghai was uh going in lockdown multiple parts of asia were already going in lockdown uh apparently the uk is a good navigator based on npr is a good navigator to really check to see you know um what the variants are, what variants are predominant. And, uh, so yeah, China's going into like a lockdown. It's like, this is all within a few weeks. And it felt like at the beginning of March, we were just now seeing the low numbers. So COVID can literally spike back it from what I can tell within a two week populate, you know, two week time, time lapse. And so people are trying to get back to the new normal, the regular normal, uh, you know, the 2019-ish type feel. But we're also fighting like an epidemic. This thing's just kind of coming and going. So it's just something that we're having to, to deal with at this point. I'm, you know, it's a little bit depressing, but it was also somewhat expected in my opinion. So... Um, yeah, it's been an interesting aftercast 29. You know, we did talk about a, a large chunk of the the Oscars, a little bit of COVID craziness. Um the the war in Ukraine's absolutely asinine. I wish it would it it sent uh, on um for my, you know, this is a very minuscule problem for us as Americans, but most of us are experiencing extremely high gas prices going up from 2 or 3 dollar. You know, I think our average before the Russian Ukraine invasion was around 250-ish on the high and now they're bumping up against $4 a gallon and that's in North Carolina all the way in I think it was California they were already predicting $5 a gallon, $6 a gallon, $7 a gallon 
if you watch apocalyptic movies and shit like that, it's like they were predicting that type of shit at like six dollars, seven dollars. We have hit like apocalyptic numbers of uh, you know gas prices um, because a gas shortage can completely change everything. If you think about it, everything is imported generally on you're not imported but distributed by gas you know you logistically your goods and services and food and all of that stuff the way you get to work the way you get home the way uh, people operate all happens with you know gasoline and so it is creating this ultra it's kind of creating a different demand you know i think i had talked about in other aftercast how you know, the uh, 9-11 back in 2001 tested, you know, modern day security and just showed how many flaws there were in that. COVID was a health security concern and still is a health security concern. But as long as we keep it below, you know, flu numbers, I think we're okay. Um, but that COVID showed the flaws in our health system. And now with now with the Ukraine and Russian invasion, it shows our energy flaws um, and how much we're relying on other countries and the different aspects of energy that are you know that are flawed in our system. And so it's crazy. I had an interview with a guy named Tony Seba a couple, I think it was like early 2020. I want to say it was like January 2020, right before COVID was even really announced in the United States. Uh, he, he had predicted, he, he had predicted that by 2030, I think maybe half, a little over a third, a third to a half of people in the United States would be in electric cars. And that was before all of the craziness had happened. And so, to my knowledge, I mean, most people that are driving electric cars at this point are not in a pretty bad position. Most of them have a little bit of money in their pocket because EV vehicles, electric vehicles, are, you know, predominant at this point among people that can afford them and the people that can't afford them are having to pay even more. So the, the economic divide is becoming even more apparent with this, uh, energy crisis as well. And on top of that, it feels like the globe, the world, the weather, the weather in North Carolina is, is bouncing about, 30 to 40 degrees in a day and it feels extremely unhealthy for something to do that i know they i'm sure some places it, it goes from extreme temperature fluctuation but i mean i'm like seriously concerned um and i have been for a while but I, what i'm hearing is like the eco the damage we've done on the uh the environment is irreversible and now it's all about just um, trying to make it not as bad. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm very concerned. I wake up, it's like 30 degrees and then I'm walking around and during the day going for a walk and it's almost 70 degrees. It's, it's like 40 degree fluctuations 
in a day, which I've never experienced. First of all, how do you even dress for that? <laughs> Second of all, that's that can't be good. That can't be good for anybody. So it's a, been a very strange month, strange spring. But um, yeah, we're we're about an hour into this aftercast, and I think that's that's about all I have to cover about now. You can listen to this aftercast and other podcasts early by going to patreon.com slash podcast. Go to luckitoutpodcast.com for all podcasts, libraries, social medias, all that good shit. It's all there. Um, you know, I could not do this podcast without you, the listeners. I know that what is the, just under a thousand people. Once we hit a thousand at YouTube, we'll start making that money. We'll be able to afford some lights and some snacks and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, I could not do it without you, the Lucky Dog fam. Let me know how, how I can improve the podcast, probably by speaking clearly, um, let me know what you thought about the podcast and everything we discussed. The slap, the Oscars, the Ukraine of it all. I'll try to add it in the description. Take it easy. Just want to give a couple of shout-outs to the winners of the Academy Awards and of, of the Oscars. Um, last night I recorded the first half and completely slipped my mind that I did want to talk about and kind of give a little shout out to the to the winners of this year and plus just for us to remember as well um Dune had a massive sweep uh they won best sound best production design best editing cinematography best score best visual effects almost all the technical awards were picked up by Dune, and I was actually pretty surprised of how much love it was getting. Um, I know that it was a big contender to possibly get Best Picture. Best Picture ended up actually going to CODA, a Sundance film that was picked up by Apple TV+, and it was kind of a, a big deal for them because they've been in the streaming game about a quarter of as long as Netflix has, and Netflix has been trying to get that Best Picture uh, award for... Um, for a long time now you know they had don't look up they don't they had power of the dog they had two opportunities this year um uh, the irishman was in a running as well that i think it was was that two or three years ago um so yeah it was kind of shocking to see that win i actually just watched coda last night i haven't given a full review of it um but in in an essence um it is a very fulfilling movie and giving us perspective of uh, the lives of of coda a, a coda and um you know a child of of deaf adult uh, deaf adults and it's definitely a movie that i would recommend watching i don't know if it was like life-changing i don't know if it would it would say that it is the best movie uh between it beat Nightmare Alley, Don't Look Up, Dune, Belfast, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, West Side West Side Story, and King Richard. Um, despite all my gripes of this first half of the podcast, I would say that King Richard was a better movie. I didn't see West Side Story. I'd say The Power of the Dog felt a little bit better. Just more. This movie Coda 
it did pull at my heartstrings and you know you know i i've had a third act tear sesh you know i was i was in tears by the third act um unlike a couple of these other movies you know having an emotional reaction but i just didn't feel like it went that extra mile to say that this is the best picture i just a lot of times when i think of best picture i think of like cinematography that is just absolutely stellar when i was watching this it made me feel like i was watching a pilot episode to a series that i was totally engaged in as a matter of fact if this was like a six episode series on apple tv or netflix or something like that on streaming i'm sure it would be uh it would be just as successful um, so this, it, honestly, it, it really just did feel just like a really strong pilot, um, of a show. And I don't mean that as a dig. It's just uh, from the cinematography standpoint, it didn't, and I know it was made for like a $10 million budget or something like that. So, um, and that, I think that was before Apple TV picked it up that, you know, it, I, I wouldn't say to, it's the performances of this that really stick out, um, in a good way, you know? So the uh, best actor went to Will Smith, ironically, and I kind of talked about my, my feeling on that at the beginning of the podcast. Um, best actress, Jessica Chastain. Um, no Time to Die won Best Original Song. Encanto won Best Animated Feature. I didn't get to see Encanto, and I, I really want to go back and check that out. I, you know, everyone talks about, don't talk about Bruno, and I don't even know how the song goes, so I can't even <laughs> say it. Um, Jane Campion is Best Director. I still think that that was probably well-deserved. It's funny how almost all of the stuff that she has said about the the, v, the Williams uh, family or, you know, we we talked about that in the power of the dog uh stuff you know she was she had said some just random stuff about them not having to compete with the same type of men she's had to compete with and since then she's given uh, an apology but that seems almost minuscule compared to <laughs> what happened on the academy awards that night um i did not get to see drive my car but i hear it is a fantastic kind of uh bottle movie um, taking place majorly, if not the whole thing, in you know, in a car ride, and apparently it's just really phenomenal. I got to go back and watch that. A Ariana Du Bois, Best Supporting Actress, was had me almost in tears just uh, in her acceptance speech about how grateful she was to be there, and I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Um, made me want to go see West Side Story. Um, Troy Coulter, the Best Supporting Actor, his eyes. He's he's the uh, dad in the in Coda and he is deaf in real life, and it he had an extremely moving speech about how you know his father I believe was um, you know taught him how to you know use sign language and um, there was this big harrowing story that um, that he was giving up there. Um, and I believe he said that his father ended up uh, losing, he, he became paralyzed from his neck down, so he kind of lost the ability to sign, and it was like, oh my goodness, it, it was heartbreaking just listening to that. Summer of Soul was uh, the Quest Love, I believe, um, best documentary feature. Then uh, the Long Goodbye live-action short film, Belfast won orig best original screenplay, um, Coda was best adapt one the best adapted screenplay. The Eyes of Tammy Faye won best hair, best makeup and hair styling. 
and uh, The Windshield Wiper won Best Animated Short Film. The Queen of Basketball won uh, Best Short Documentary. Cruella won Best Costume Design. Well, I didn't see a couple of those at the end, but um, and my, my documentaries are, are kind of lacking in my um, categories from last year, so I might have to go back and check those out as well. Um, but yeah, there was a, a lot of... Uh, I think there was pretty big competition in just about the majority of the the uh, categories. I know that uh, it's kind of it was kind of an upset for Netflix because I think they only ended up winning one award, thinking that they would win a lot more with the power of the dog. But having Dune take up the majority of the technical effects, they, it just felt like they were winning and winning and winning and winning. And I was, uh, you know, I was pretty surprised about that. So, um, and, and excited on, on the same end too, cause it showed that a lot of people, you know, really agreed with that as well. Um, I'm kind of looking at the, the, the runnings. I did want to see Luca in the best animated film. I didn't want to see it win. I, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't see the movie, so I don't know if I wanted it to win or not, but I do want to go back and check that out. Mitchell's versus the machines was a lot of fun and wasn't too sure about Raya. Um, Best director, it would have been either Kenneth Brano for Belfast, Drive My Car, Ryuki Hamagachi's um, movie, Steven Spielberg. He's got enough stuff. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Licor- Licorice Pizza was completely shut out. I honestly thought it was going to be more or less a uh, an award contender for at least uh, maybe supporting. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know. Uh, screenplay or something I thought it would have won something and uh, I did I have heard good things about flea um, let me see anything else anything else Kieran Hines was the only other person I thought that might have won on best supporting actor I bet Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee kind of split the votes on the power of the dog um, yeah, but that's about it. I was, you know, Don't Look Up got absolutely nothing. I think that it's such a polarizing film, and it's uh, I, I'm, I wasn't sad that it didn't win too many things um, or anything, just uh, just nominations. And um, No Time to Die, like, I really like that song with that Billie Eilish. And uh, I didn't realize Spider-Man No Way Home was actually up for Best Visual Effects. And Shang-Chi. I did not realize that. So those are kind of big, notable names that I was um, surprised to see, but still did not win, unfortunately, in some sort of categories. Um, I think that's about it. All right, everyone. Let me know what your thoughts are on the podcasts, on the Oscars, on the reviews, all the good stuff. Let me know how I can improve. And take it easy.